Welcome to Question Block. Welcome to Question Block, your educational historical podcast. This week we are talking about... The Pilgrims. The Pilgrims? Or the Saints, should I say. One of many, but generally acknowledged as by Americans who don't know any better, the first Thanksgiving. We're going to tell you all about the real story. What really happened. The dark side of Thanksgiving. Dun, dun, dun. The funny side of Thanksgiving. (laughs) The lighter side of Thanksgiving. We got light meat, we got dark meat. All right, different colonists. Let's talk about our outfits real quick, because I have a shirt with a picture of the Mayflower on it that says sink-ass boat. Yep, because the Mayflower was a sink-ass boat. (laughs) Well, it was really the Speedwell. True. Mayflower made it. And what are you dressed as? A saint. You have a a pilgrim collar. Yes, I will talk about the fashion of the pilgrims, and it actually is nothing what I'm dressed like. Why do we even know who these people were? Right. Good question. Okay. So the, the the textbook definition, as everyone knows, the Pilgrims were the English settlers who came to North America on the Mayflower, who established Plymouth Colony, which is today Plymouth, Massachusetts, and it is named after where they left from. They left from Plymouth in Devon, which is in the southwest corner of England. So their leadership comes from the religious congregation of Brownists. Ooh, the brownists ooh, are, dirty. They're separatist Puritans. So they had fled religious persecution in England for Holland and the Netherlands, and then they decided they needed to go even deeper and came to America. So they arrived in Plymouth Colony. They, they arrived and established Plymouth Colony in 1620, and they set up a church. And their story has now become a central theme in the history and culture of the United States. So how religious were they? Right, let's go back to England, to London. To, yeah. Yeah. So I'll tell you how they how they got to be separatists. Puritans were distinguished for being more intensely Protestant than their Protestant neighbors or even the Church of England. On the scale of how Protestant are you as a Christian? So zero would be Catholic, where like you're all about the Pope. The and, magic. And everything. You like the magic yeah. and the fancy hats. Okay. Yeah. A scale of ten is actually like the Quakers. Like so they were the, the Quakers are even more extreme than the the separatists. The people who became known as the pilgrims, the saints, the brownists, they're like an eight. They they want everything to happen as it is in the scripture. They don't want any embellishments, no storytelling. And they also want the people they they're a fubu. They were democratic. They were for us by us. They yeah. said we don't need anyone to read this book to us. We can read ourselves and govern our own church. One of the downsides of translating the Bible into English is that you got these separatist congregations that were like, wait, why do we even need a centralized church? King James came to power in 1604 and produced the new translation of the Bible, the King James Bible, which actually made the problem worse. King James hated the separatists. Uh, and generally, everyone, everyone pretty, everyone pretty much did, hated pretty them. Much. But he wanted control over the Church of England. So yeah, they didn't call themselves Puritan. Puritan was a derogatory term. What do they call themselves? They call themselves the the saints or the separatists. I guess we call them the separatists. 
isn't there a difference between Puritans and pilgrims altogether? Because I thought the Puritans were the people who eventually did like the witch trials and the pilgrims are like just the Mayflower people. They're just one branch of separatist Puritan. Just so we don't confuse people, can we just refer to the these yeah. people as the pilgrims from here forth out? Sure. <laughs> okay. Thank and the you. Puritans then, yeah, as you said, they founded Salem and... They were not on the Mayflower. And pretty much Boston. Yeah, they were doing witch trials. They were not on the Mayflower. Okay. Can so. we talk about their clothes real quick while you're on the subject of brownest? Sure. Okay. They did not wear buckles because buckles are... I don't know how that got started, but the buckles were really expensive. So they just wore laces to keep everything up. They just they were just laced for the gods. They, lots of corsetry, I guess. They didn't wear black and white. They had very colorful fashion and they, they had only, colorful yeah fashion. they had very colorful clothing because that's kind of what was available so you know oh because everyone assumes that they had like super plain all black clothing so there was a, a will from this pilgrim named brewster in the will was one blue cloth suit green drawers a violet cloak black stockings sky blue garters a red gregorian suit red waistcoat and a tawny colored suit with silver buttons oh wow yeah, that's a that's like a drag queen's wardrobe. All right. Category is pilgrim realness. So the, we got these colorful, annoying yeah. religious freaks. So the separatist movement it was controversial. A lot of people hated it, uh, but then the Church of England was also treating them really poorly. Like they they didn't leave just because they were stubborn. They left because they were getting killed under the Act of Uniformity in 1559. It was illegal not to attend official Church of England services with a fine of the equivalent of about 30 bucks a day for every missed Sunday and holy day, which was all the time. The penalties included imprisonment and larger fines if you conducted unofficial services, which is what the separatists were doing. Some of their leaders were executed for sedition in 1593, including Henry Barrow and John Greenwood and John Penry. Before they were executed, they were like, you guys should immigrate. Get out of here. So they did. They moved to Amsterdam. Damn, son. So the pilgrims moved to the Netherlands in 1607. They lived in Leiden, Holland, city of 30,000. And it was only about 100 of them who moved. It wasn't like thousands of people. Did the Dutch like them? The Dutch cool with them? The Dutch were cool with everyone around this time. So yes, that's, that's why they moved. The Dutch were known for their religious tolerance. And their weed. The pilgrims got jobs working in textiles, printing, and brewing. And space cake shops. Is that? Yeah. Yeah, the, the cannabis coffee shops, they yeah. were working there. So yeah, 10 years go by, and the pilgrims, the Dutch are basically too cool for the pilgrims. All the, the pilgrims' children are smoking weed. Yep. Yeah, many had, the spent, had spent their savings. Uh, they A lot of them didn't actually learn Dutch, so they weren't learning the language. Yeah, and then they a lot of them couldn't get jobs because they didn't speak the language. So they weren't doing great. So they started looking into, like, looking further afield, and they were like, they had the new world seemed very daunting though because they had heard stories like stories had come back about yeah like attacks from indigenous people and inability of the early colonists to actually farm and i don't cannibalism think, cannibalism at jamestown yeah so they were they were pretty scared but so they they started getting the funds together um do you want to should i hand it over to you or should i say a little bit about who was involved I'll talk about that, and if you need to add, you can. Okay, I'm going to hand it to you. Tell cool. us how this journey got underway. They did ask King James to back them, and he was like, I hate you, no way. <laughs> well, 
And they, by they, I mean, w- William Brewster was the head of their church. He was like the the guy who's like, all right, we got to make this happen. He 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 also went to the Virginia Company, and they were like, no, because the they are too relig- The Pilgrims are too religious. For the Virginia Company is like, can you sell tobacco? And they were like, uh, no. So Virginia Company's out. King James is out. Well, and also the King James had the concern that they're like, we can at least keep an eye on you while you're like in England or nearby. Whereas if you guys go to America, we can't. We don't really have authority over you. We can't like see what's going on. So they were they were sort of worried about that. So they some of the separatist groups they wouldn't let them emigrate. Then they meet this shady dude who is not a he's not a pilgrim. He's what's called a stranger who is there. These are sort of the monetary or like structural backers of the pilgrims there. They also will go on the voyage. So stranger Thomas Weston, he's kind of like a used car salesman and he becomes the go between the pilgrims and this group called the venture capital. I mean, the the merchant adventurers. (laughs) They are venture capitalists of those times. Thomas Weston's a great name for a guy who's going to fund your journey to the New World. He's like slapping the side of the Mayflower. He's like, you can fit so many pilgrims yeah. in this boat. And he has a, a friend who, uh, you know, has this little band called Coldplay, this guy, Chris Martin. <laughs> and he's picked, he's picked by Weston to supervise and purchase supplies, and eventually Chris Martin will become drunk with power, and people will hate him. <laughs> okay. So much this, like much like his yeah. descendant, and well, Weston also <laughs> Weston's later. like Weston's like I want a mission, like I just want one, and no one will give him one. And he's like, this is the perfect. Here is my opportunity. So he's like looking around for ships that they can, because basically the merchant adventures, they're like we will back you because they're in the cloth industry, and they think there's going to be lots of cloth in the new world and maybe some fur maybe some fish so they're 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 gonna back yeah it so weston's like sweet i'm gonna go get some i'm gonna get on this i'm gonna get some boats so he in august he gets this this boat called the speedwell and the speedwell is supposed to like go a little bit and then meet up with the mayflower and then both boats are supposed to continue so, on. This is now 1620, right? Yes. So 1617, the, the pilgrims decided they wanted to emigrate. So it's been, three years have gone by while they're like getting the funding together. Yes. So if they were a Silicon Valley startup, somebody would long ago have stolen their idea. True, true. So right in August, they're, they hop on the speed well. It sinks immediately. So they go back to the shore. They They fix it. They get back in it and it, Gets to where the Mayflower is, yeah. It took, but then it, it got them from Holland down to England, so they like. So they they then have the Speedwell and the Mayflower. Both boats take off, and the Speedwell just like sinks straight up, like legit straight up sinks. It, it made it three hundred miles. So yeah, that, which is like just far. It's like a couple days. So turning around would be. Can you imagine you've been driving? Well, for they a do. Days? They, the boat like sinks, right? <laughs> yeah. And so they have to take ev- get everyone off both boats, and then cram all the original like everyone is supposed to be divided by two, but they just they're like everyone get on the Mayflower, and they eventually take off again at the end of September. So it's a hundred two people. Yes, to get on this boat, and September is way too late to be heading to America. It's actually 
more there's 102 passengers and a crew of 37 oh. which they don't count as passengers oh got it because the passengers they're living in like the middle deck or whatever and even among the passengers there's like some of them are servants right indentured servants yes there's the mayflower is about 100 feet long and 24 feet wide in the the passengers the space for the 102 passengers was about 58 by 24 yeah, we added it up. It's it'd be like it's a little looser than going to a crowded concert. Like you'd have everybody gets three feet by four feet of space, uh, and then you're in there for like two months. Yeah, and they don't really like the passengers to come up to get air that much because they'll like get in the way. One guy tries to jump overboard because everyone's getting seasick. The Mayflower was meant for like pleasure cruises and not for like deep water sailing. <laughs> Like they're trying to do. Oh, and their captain was inexperienced. Their oh, captain yeah. had only sailed in Europe. He had never crossed the Atlantic. And so he, he was sailing on the wrong side of the yeah the road. On the yeah. wrong side of the. I'll the I'll ocean. mention some <laughs> some names, some characters. So of the the pilgrims slash the saints, we have Chris Jones, who's the captain. John Carver, who's the governor on the ship. I didn't even know that was a job. William Bradford. He's the one who, like, all the accounts come from, so... William Bradford yeah. kept a diary. Important. Yep. But, yeah, yeah, John Carver is kind of has become the de facto leader because he was one of their ministers, like, in Leiden, in Holland. He was, but he wasn't the minister. He's just, like, oh, minister. Yeah, he's not, like, an elder either. He's, like, 30 years old. I guess that was elder for them, though. And then of the strangers, we have William Mullins, who's, who's a dandy... An opportunist. He packed 139 pairs of shoes. Yeah, whether from for fashion or because he was intending to sell them to the other uh, colonists. He had nice clear. calves. I mean, yeah, you gotta love that. Miles Standish, who was the defense officer, and in the f- future he will sign the Mayflower Compact. And he also ends up in this like very saucy love triangle that's written about. There's like a sexy book written about him. I don't know the name oh, of it. Oh, wow. Yeah, just you can just that. Look, look that up. So this journey takes about 66 days. There's two deaths and one baby named o- Oceanus was born. Cute. O- Oceanus survived? Uh, the, the ship, but not the, <laughs> not the winter. Oh. Yeah. He very, very soon after he was born, Oceanus died. On November 11th, you know, Veterans Day, perfect day to uh, <laughs> November 11th, 1620. But 66 days is nine weeks, right? Yes. So when you have good weather back in the age of sail, it was about six weeks to cross the Atlantic. They didn't have good weather. It was very stormy. And there were t- periods of time where the boat was just getting like bashed around. There's also, they didn't understand what... Um, what Bradford was really talking about, but he alludes to like, part of the boat maybe breaking or something and them needing to repair it like mid sail. So that holds Supposedly them up. Their top mast cracked. Yeah. I read they could have been a sexual innuendo too. So mm. you don't, yeah. Suppose they repaired it with part of a cider press. They brought a cider press. God, they're so unprepared. Oh, I, they, they were drinking though. We talked, as we talked about during our pirates episode, right? Like you had to drink at sea because the water was so bad. Yeah. So the, the whole modern day, like Quakers or Puritans not drinking and stuff like that's a luxury when you have sanitary water. So the pilgrims definitely drank. 
they were like drinking beer and uh, cider. Yes. Hard apple cider. Yes. And they actually did have a good amount of provisions because they signed, this is important, they signed a contract with the Merchant Adventurers that the Merchant Adventurers would get them like fully stocked and dun, dun, sorted. Dun, 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 Merchant Adventurers. They get them, they like totally take care of them and be their like daddies for I think seven years. So all these myths that like they they didn't have enough rations, that was BS. Like that's total BS. They were on this contract and they were getting like shipments and their ship was like fully stocked. I think that's people confuse them with the Jamestown colonists True. who did not have nearly the, enough provisions for like years. The, the pilgrims real bad time. did their research and they wanted to make sure that they didn't end up like Jamestown. Yeah. So anyway, on November 11th, the, the Voyagers, they dropped anchor at the tip of Cape Cod and they washed, they like came ashore <laughs> in our favorite gay area of Massachusetts, Providence Town. Providence Town, by the way, if you I, if you look up the map of Cape Cod, like, right, there's the, it looks like a long tipped boot that, that kicks way out in the or harbor. Or a penis. And like Cape Cod Bay is like inside, sort of very curved, pointy penis. <laughs> um, so Providence Town is like way out there on the tip. Yeah, so they, they you know, they're, they're over there for about a month. And then the Nauset tribes, Scared them off and were like, get back on your sank-ass boat and get the, get the F out of here. We, By the way, they ended up totally in the wrong place. So they... Oh, yeah. Because they couldn't get to Virginia. They yeah. were trying for Virginia, but they, they couldn't get well, there. Well, so a cool fact is one of the places they first tried to get a charter for uh, was later settled, settled by the Dutch as the New Netherlands. New York! Which became New York. So the, the pilgrims <laughs> almost landed in New York. Uh, that failed. And then they had a deal to settle... Uh, near and kind of as part of the Virginia colony. So they were supposed to be down by Virginia. So they ended up several hundred miles off course. Everybody was sick on the boat and they like, they didn't need, they needed to land. So Cape Cod it was. Yeah. But then they sailed further into Cape Cod after being scared off and they settled at the site of the relatively abandoned Wampanoag village of Patuxet in December. So this is like already August when they first attempted to like bounce to December of 1620. Yeah. So before they get off the ship and related to, related to this, the fact that they didn't land in Virginia had the strangers on the ship. They were like, oh, we're not bound by the treaty anymore or like by the charter. We don't have to listen to you. We're going to like do our own thing. And so the the saints realized this would be a problem. So they were like, okay, we're going to draft up a new founding document because the charter is invalid outside of Virginia. So that's why they authored the Mayflower Compact. Okay, tell me about that. Um, this is while they were anchored off Cape Cod in November 1620. It was signed on November 11th, 1620 as their governing document. And so they think John Carver was the author of it because he was its first I thought signer. they docked on six, in November 11th. Yeah, they but they like did, hadn't built any houses or anything yet, so they're like on the ship. Oh, they're when on they the signed ship. It. They signed it. Okay. Yeah, they're in the stateroom. They didn't have a stateroom. They're in like wherever it is. Um, they're in the kitchen. Yeah. So the yeah. So the strangers were. They said in quote, they would use their own liberty, for none had power to command them. Um. So yeah, the the pilgrims then they wanted to affirm their allegiance to the crown of England, so that their backers didn't cut them off. 
um, but they needed to agree on a new governing model. So it was a social contract and regarded as one of the first ever constitutions. So they agreed upon a majoritarian model. They put stuff to vote. Uh, and then John Carver would be the governor. And so everyone was like, John Carver got us across. Only two people died in the crossing. Like, he's probably very competent. And John Carver's One they like, threw overboard, so it's, yeah. he's okay. John Carver's like, sweet, I am going to totally nail it. Like, I got you guys. And he died three months later. Ooh, that's a yikes. How many other people died that winter? Uh, yeah, so of the the hundred, uh, not counting crew members, the hundred, like, saints who landed... Uh, around 50 died during the first winter. Most of them women? I think most of them were women, right? Yeah. Because by, yeah, by the time the next fall they had their harvest, there were only four women left. So most mostly women died. Damn. But John Carver also died. William Bradford got very sick, but he survived, which is why we have all his journals. And William Bradford became the new governor after John Carver died. So that's why... I guess we it's all his recollections of like what happened. Oceanus died, as we said, R.I.P. Yeah. So, yeah, very tough first winter. But they weren't dying from not having provisions. They were just really sick and in plagued. And like the land that they the land that they decided to go on had been abandoned because there had been a plague and like disease there. Well, the, it wasn't still there. The disease was gone. Wasn't like it's, good... They just all got sick on the boat. It wasn't a good land to live on, though. No, that was the land was fine. It was the... Why was it abandoned by the natives then? So the Patuxet had con contracted plague from previous settlers. So also the... Yeah, to, to be clear, the, the pilgrims weren't the first people to show up there. Uh, people from England and, like, the French had been, like, in those waters. They'd been, like, fishing up by Newfoundland for, like, a century. So, like, the... The natives, like the indigenous people, definitely like were aware of them, and as we'll, you know, talk about, a couple of them spoke English even. Um, so they, yeah, they hadn't had good relations though. They'd been fishing, but they're like some other captains prior to the pilgrims had kidnapped and enslaved some of the natives, and then they, yeah, uh, somehow spread the plague to the Patuxet, so the entire Patuxet. Like they didn't wear masks. Village, I mean. their their village had been wiped out, but they were part of the larger Wampanoag tribe. So tell me about the native the natives that they were didn't wear, living. Didn't wear masks. They didn't wear masks. Yeah. Well, so that's why the land they settled on was abandoned, but the land itself was okay. They more all got they all got sick on the boat, and then it was they landed in like, you know, late November. Burr, it's cold. So they start building. Yeah, in New England. Right? Mm. And they start building houses, and they originally had plans, I think, for 11 or 15 houses, and they only needed six in the end. So, But also, they're like, to survive the winter, like, they're all crammed into these houses, too. So they keep getting each other sick. I'm just laughing because there's a, someone sounds like they're building a house in the background. How appropriate. Yeah. Um, so tell me, tell me about yeah. the natives that they eventually end up meeting. So this is really, this is a very funny thing and this is true okay this is leading up to the first thanksgiving because the 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 thanksgiving feast really was uh that's the one thing the myth got right right is that i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about all the oh, history of the history of all the thanksgivings that have happened okay. before thanksgiving and whatnot but you tell me about this one okay. and the natives so this particular one so the colonists half of them survive the winter so there's 50 left and they know that there are like 
natives nearby. Like the Patuxet aren't there, but some of the Wampanoag come and like scout and they like they'll see them from a distance, but they haven't made contact yet. And so as the pilgrims are dying, they were very worried that the the natives like the would the Wampanoag would realize how weak they were in attack because they'd heard about Jamestown where they had terrible relations with the local tribes. So they would bury their dead like in the dead of night and like try to like cover up like in unmarked graves and they would try to cover their tracks. So they they're super paranoid about the the natives. So then on March 16th, 1621, uh this uh this Native American Samoset uh walks into Plymouth Colony and greets them in English saying, "Welcome Englishmen." And then asks them for beer. Nice. Yeah, so he, Samo said, as you could guess, right, had previously encountered, like, English colonists. There had been other attempts to establish colonies and other, like, uh, I guess, fishers or whatever had traded with them before. So, yeah, he knew about beer and was like, do you guys have it? It's pretty cool. Um, so then he, he spent the night with them on that first occasion. Then he returned another time with five other uh, natives who brought deer skins to trade with them. For the shoes, the shoes. Probably for the shoes. Um, and the colonists gave gave the the natives some like food in exchange. They didn't trade because it was a Sunday. Because the natives were like, okay, you don't get trade uh, on a you Sunday. Don't get trade on a Sunday. That's God's day. Um, so then on March twenty second, so like a week later, um, Samoset returns with Tisquamet or Squanto. I know that that guy. So Squanto uh, speaks much better English than Samoset, and he arranges a meeting with Massasoit, who is the chief of the Wampanoag tribe. Um, and so, yeah, the way Squanto knew English is that he had previously been captured slash gone with, coerced maybe, uh, and taken back to England, uh, where he had learned English and been kind of shown off as like a you know a noble savage, and then he had returned back to North America. So. I guess he was an enterprising guy, and he so he missed out on the plague because his whole village died while he was gone. Aww. So he got back, and he was like the only guy from Patuxet left. Um, so he he seemed to be he was very friendly and helpful to the the so pilgrims. When do they when do they eat the food? So with Squanto's help, they go and forge a treaty with uh, what's his name Massasoit. Uh, who will give them food because they hadn't been able to farm. So they're just running low on provisions by this point. It's now the spring. But they uh, are getting, they are getting provisions like shipped to them. So they just well, aren't no, very... Another ship doesn't arrive for a couple of years. It's just them. It's just the pilgrims are just out on their own. At some point they send the Mayflower back after like in the spring, they send it back to England, uh, but it's empty. It doesn't have, you know, fur or anything because the pilgrims are barely well they're not staying alive they're just dying does it they had a seven-year contract with the merchants who would come regularly to bring supplies of food clothing etc for no less than seven years while they established their colony maybe and so so you think there were more ships coming in yeah i think they were they were getting supplies but the that's why i was like the reason why they, they, they didn't bring more pilgrims until a couple years later more colonists. Well, they they had people coming to check on their their trade situation, if that was if that was going on, and, and a real problem was that they were in a lot of debt to the merchants now, and so if they didn't learn how to farm, they would just like just be broke forever. 
Yeah, and it, well, and at some point, the merchants are going to stop bringing you food. Yeah. So Squanto teaches them how to how to fish, uh, teaches them how to like farm the land because they didn't really know. Um, he teaches them how to sow corn and like how to grow it. So then they have a successful harvest that summer, and then they really did have a Thanksgiving feast. What were the f- what was on the menu? Uh, what are we cooking? How's everything tasting, honey? So they really did have a variety of dishes. Uh, top of the list was venison. Oh dear! So Massasoit showed up. Nice, <laughs> Massasoit showed up with five deer. Um, and they yeah they also had fish. They did have turkey. There were lots really? of wild yeah there were lots of wild turkeys. I heard that they didn't have turkeys. Oh, I I read that they had a bunch of turkeys stored up. Yeah, they had a bunch of birds, fish. They did have corn because they had successfully grown corn. They may have had squash. I don't know if they were cultivating squash yet at that point. But they had a variety of uh, food. Probably berries. I don't know about cranberries, but probably some kind of berries were brought by the the Wampanoag. Oh, and yeah, one key piece of background here is like, people ask like, why were the Wampanoag so friendly? Why would they forge a treaty with them when like Jamestown had gone so badly? And the main reason is that the Wampanoag were feuding with the Narragansett. Which is the beer that Trader Joe sells? Oh, Narragansett. Sorry, Narragansett. It's too. It's too bitter for them. Yeah. So they're more of. The, they're more of a pilsner kind of. <laughs> yeah, the Wampanoag because, so like right, Patuxent Village had been totally decimated, and the Wampanoag had been afflicted by this plague as well. So a bunch of them had died, and they were weak, at the time, and so they were like, "Dude, the Narragansett. If they get, they're gonna come take us over." So was there like a massacre at the first Thanksgiving? No. So their their like treaty I think held for about a decade. Really? And then but so why why do we say that they killed? Well, there is that thing where they're like actually it was a massacre and like someone punched someone and then there was like gunshots and everything. Oh, I didn't even read yeah. that version of it. I read that it was like a, a peaceful get together. It lasted three days and there was feasting and they probably like played games. Who uh who what teams were playing? What are they, they did the marksmanship. They did some shooting, like target practice, I guess. And then I don't know, then American football, I think. Isn't it funny that they, they weren't named the, the Saints? Like, yeah, it yeah, was probably the Saints the, versus the... the Saints and the Indians. I thought it was just a peaceful feast. And then later the treaty fell apart because colonists kept landing and they kept expanding and taking over more territory. So inevitably they came into conflict with the, the natives. People have argued a lot back and forth that the the colonists had all these treaties where they would you know quote unquote buy the land or like coerce the land uh from the natives and many people feel that the natives had a different concept of property ownership so they're like oh you're sure you're buying title to land but it's still under our domain and our like jurisdiction if you buy land from someone in new york oh they they were renters even if you buy the property for a building you're still subject to the laws and the authority of New York State and the United States. So the Wampanoag were like, sure, you're buying that plot of land within you Wampanoag can't, like, like, territory. You can't like destroy it and build like a high rise there. Yeah, or you have to get our permission because yeah. it's like you're within our nation. So maybe that was a misunderstanding. <laughs> so the, the people often say like to to sort of play that up, they call they say that Thanksgiving is like a day of massacre because it led to this land being taken. But uh, uh, there are, like, myths. These are myths. But still, the Pilgrims, I mean, the Pilgrims, they, they sucked. Like, they were religious fanatics. They were really boring, and they did end up 
taking the land from native peoples. So yeah. we're not we're not saying that they're not. we're not saying they're saints, but we're but they also didn't like start shooting or anything. It's not that the uh, indigenous people were like totally ignorant. Some people will say they're like, yeah, the Native Americans had no sense of property ownership, and it's like, no, they did. They they had different tribes. They more had like collective property, but they very clearly had an idea of like this is Wampanoag land, that's Narragansett land, and you can take over someone else's land, like you can conquer other tribes. There's a history going back ten thousand years of indigenous people, and they had their own politics and their own system of governments, their own bureaucracy. They're not just totally ignorant savages running around. They have their own government. It really is two different societies coming into conflict. That is not to excuse any of the brutality from the colonists. Do you want to know the history of Thanksgiving, of all the Thanksgivings? Because pilgrims were not the first people to have a feast of thanks in America. What? Yeah. In fact, Juan de Padilla in 1541 in Palo Doro Canyon called for a feast of prayer and thanksgiving. So he beat them by 80 years. Yes, exactly. Then in 1598, there's a thanksgiving in in this Texas, in, in Texas. And oh, this so this was, is like the Spanish. Yep, exactly. Uh, the, the leader of this thanksgiving, the head of the table was Juan de Oñate with the Pueblo Native Americans. Hmm. So apparently at this feast, Two horses drank so much water that their stomachs burst because everyone was so thirsty when they when they arrived at this town and then they got water. Well, and you can lead a like horse that. to water, but keep yeah. an eye on him. Yeah, keep an eye on him because he'll drink it all. In 1607, colonists and Native Americans have a feast in Maine. Oh, I didn't even know they had yeah. this colony up in Maine. Didn't, I don't think that survived. Didn't last long. Yeah, I think that uh, right Jamestown was the first permanent settlement, and I believe. Plymouth was the second. The Roanoke did not work out. This was with the the Abenaki Indians of Maine. And then we have the Plymouth Feast. They, I found a record of a feast at Jamestown, also, multiple feasts at but Jamestown. But they were eating other people, and it well, was they, delicious. They had a day of like prayer, Thanksgiving, uh, in 1607, after they first landed. And then some after Jamestown was stabilized in like the 1612 you know, or something, 1613, they had some feast when like a new group of colonists landed. So Vir- Virginia has, because I grew up in Virginia and our like state curriculum heavily emphasizes that they like Virginia is also home to one of the first Thanksgivings. And so at Jamestown, they even have a little commemorative, like their own little commemorative plaque being like site of the Jamestown Thanksgiving because they do not want the pilgrims to get all the credit. So apparently the no one knows what the exact date of the first Thanksgiving. It might have been December 11th. It might have been much later than in November. Um, but yeah, so we talked about that, right? And then the Calvinists had days of uh, days of humility and fasting and that was days like every of Thanksgiving. Day, <laughs> also days of Thanksgiving. So it was like hot and cold. Mm. So it was like you either not eating and very they were edge play they were into edge very play very humble yeah or you're very thankful and effusive and so you could only sing sad songs you know it was like uh going to synagogue or something probably on the the fasting they're day they're Jews now what's <laughs> what's <laughs> happening well yeah. and then they sing like you know on the thanks day they sing like gospel and have like a really fun time I, i'm sure they were not singing they they <laughs> they suck no they're still they're still puritans yeah they they're the worst then, okay, so 1775, the Boston Patriots 
they also have a Thanksgiving. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and the okay, run up to the Revolutionary War. Exactly. Yeah. So they have a Thanksgiving. Nice. They're like, if we're going to go to war, we're going to have a feast. 1777. The 13 colonies celebrate a Thanksgiving called for none by uh, George Washington. And he, this was on December 18th. So he's like, let's, let's uh, unite these 13 colonies and eat some food. Yeah, apparently, yeah, the Congress requested it and George Washington declared it. Well, this is just in like a, just like a feast, not a national holiday. 1789. George Washington oh, okay. is like, can we make can we make November 26th a day? Oh, okay. Yeah, and then there's this like crazy Thanksgiving lady named Sarah Joseph jo- Josephia Hale, and she she lobbies for it to be a national holiday in 1846. She's the author of Goody's Ladies Book, which sounds like such a nice. promiscuous, dirty, dirty, dirty Goody's book. Yeah, she she had a seventeen year campaign. She had nothing. She had a lot nothing of letters. To do. Letters to the editor. She looks like a freaking cornucopia of fun. <laughs> this this lady. So they start calling Sarah Hale, Hale the mother of Thanksgiving, and she she she's seventy four years old, and she she writes a plea to to Abraham Lincoln. She's like, please, we need Thanksgiving. I'm obsessed, and I'm about to die. Like I must, yeah. I've been writing letters to the editor of your newspaper for the last seventeen years, and you will not publish them. Please, we must. I must have Thanksgiving. Here is my tape for SNL. Here is my audition. She also writes a letter to the Secretary of State, right? And then October third, eighteen sixty-three, Lincoln's like, "All right," because the you know the Civil War is like she's like messing everyone up and he's like, let's get these people together. And so he's like, let's do this. Right. Yeah. For national unity. For tranquility. (laughs) And then November 30th, the first, Oh, 1876, the first Thanksgiving football game happens. Wow. I didn't know football was that old. Oh yeah. Football's the oldest. It's, it was between, can you guess? Was it college football? Yes. So I'm trying to think what colleges the two gayest then. Is it Harvard and Yale? Princeton and Yale. But oh, okay. There you go. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, they only had, like, six colleges back then? It was in Manhattan's... It was in Manhattan Manhattan Field in New York, and 40,000 spectators showed up. Wow. wow. Yeah. And then, can you guess when the first Thanksgiving, Macy's Thanksgiving parade... It was always by Macy's, by the way. I'm going to guess, like, post-World War One. So... Like nineteen sixteen. Nineteen eighteen. Pretty nineteen twenty four. Nice. Oh Pretty yeah, good. Tw- yeah, the twenties. A yeah. time of excess. They they were excess really energy. extra because they didn't have balloons. So what would what do you think they would have instead of balloons? Giant puppets. What what's the live version of that? What's the live version of a balloon? Yeah. I mean, I would say like a hologram, but they couldn't do holograms. (laughs) (laughs) They just, they released all the animals from the zoo. They had live elephants and camels from the Central Park Zoo, and they would march them six, six miles. That is a really long parade. Yeah, and they did this for three years. And then in 1927, they were like, there's too much poop. And they, uh, they were, they had balloons. They they were like, we have the technology for balloons. Yeah, you thought New Yorkers love parades now. (laughs) They really, really love parades then. And then something 
a scandal. A scandal happened in 1939. Thanksgiving scandal happened. Yep. FDR decides to move the date. Oh. Yeah. So it was all set to fall on November 30th, leaving only 24 shopping days until Christmas. And FDR was worried that this would mess up the economy. So he was like, we're going to move it to November 23rd, a week earlier. And people were outraged and they called it Franksgiving. When did you say this was? In In 1939. 39. Yeah. Okay. So it's still like before World War II. All right. Yes. What is it? When is it typically set? It's the last Thursday of November. Well, it was, yeah, it was just like set to fall on November 30th. And then he was like, no. So I love that. They called it Franksgiving, which I just think is a great, just call it that anyway. And then the first turkey pardon. I'm going to say Nixon did it. Was it like in the 70s? 1963. Okay. Is that JFK? Yeah, of course. Nixon. Nixon's too mean to do that. I thought because Nixon had his dog checkers and like had bad PR. So it's the kind of thing he would think up. But I mean, Nixon basically was like he looked very much like a turkey with those jowls. So, yes. yeah, he, he was like, I'm pardoning myself. That makes sense. JFK was JFK. our first television president. He said, or uh, we'll uh, just let this one grow. Because he just randomly walked up to a 55 pound turkey and pardoned it. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. Just days before he was assassinated. <laughs> the t- all right, well, the turkeys probably weren't involved in that. Spare a turkey, kill a Kennedy. That's <laughs> what that's that's my favorite saying. Yeah, jeez. So there you go. So that's the history. This is the that history brings of us Thanksgiving. To present day Thanksgiving. And then when did oh. Black Friday start? Was that also after Thanksgiving? Oh, I don't know. I didn't FDR? I didn't look into that. Okay. I I feel like the the pilgrims didn't have anything to do with it, so I tried to Oh, true. They probably would have been horrified by yeah. the commercialization of their feast day. But the the strangers, they would have been like, oh, yeah. That was a very, like, positive, upbeat history that you gave. I thought there was some sort of darker, like, nationalist, like, white nationalist sentiment behind it. Or, like, the the Puritans themselves wanted, like, felt everyone was ignoring them. So they started, they created this myth of themselves as, like, the forefathers. No, I, I don't <laughs> know. I just feel like it just caught on, like, because I think that... We have diary evidence and like it's a cute story and it's like most of the colonies were attached to either purely like the cash money or mm. everyone died and it, and like the Pocahontas sadness happened. So people were like, let's not talk about that. But they were like, here's a group of people who were they were, you know, looking for religious freedom. And that's what America is about. And they had a con. They had like a. A contract and everything. They had and sort of a constitution. It's just the most palatable story. They did seem to reach a like relatively violence-free agreement with the native people for at least the first ten years. I think uh, that's why we, that's we like why to point to it. Everyone's is. like, oh yeah, and it just it was convenient, you know. It's just a convenient story, but and also no one wants to be like the Spanish, the 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 Spanish Inquisition. Is the first Thanksgiving. Like, that's kind of a little cringe yeah. for people, too. Yeah, true. But think of the food we would be ha- Like, it would be so much better. I mean, Thanksgiving food is, like, pretty healthy or whatever, but, like, we would we would have, yeah, like, tacos. Yeah, but it's not, it's not good. We'd have, like, turkey tacos. That's what... That is one thing I like to point out, is that Thanksgiving food is food that grows in America. Is like, we still make a point of, right, turkey is a native bird, and, like, squash is a native food, sweet potatoes is a native food. Marshmallows, pies, pumpkins, 
native fruit. It would be great if when you go to a new American restaurant, they just serve you Thanksgiving food because they're like, yeah, this is American food. Yeah, I got I mean, turkeys are really dry and and uh, annoying like Americans do. <laughs> no, I, I think my dad will be eating venison for Thanksgiving because that grows near him. Okay. Also, yeah, you could have salmon too. That's like an American. You can you can eat whatever dish. the fuck you want. <laughs> you it's America, can, bitch. Guess what? You also can eat whatever kind of food you want. Go get sushi on Thanksgiving. It doesn't matter. Yeah. None yeah. of it matters. I do think everybody likes the idea now, much like Christmas, and we'll talk about on our winter festivals episode. There's some concepts that people really like. So the idea of getting together with your loved ones and being thankful Aww. for the good things in your life is really what wins out despite whatever historical myth is behind it. Word. Yeah. Cool. And I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you. <gasps> Yay. And I think we're both thankful for our for, listeners. And Danny Danny Phelps, our, uh, our editor. Danny Phelps, our editor. If you're thankful for us, you can demonstrate that thankfulness by giving us a five-star review. On iTunes, Spotify. Yeah, wherever your local podcast. Wherever adult. you can, wherever you can give us five stars. Mm-hmm. And if you're not thankful for us, then you can just not say anything at all. Yeah, and we'd be thankful for that. Keep your opinion to yourself. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs>